You're tuning in with your host, Jesse Elliott, to Old Soul in a Young World. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. We're here to chop it up about the reality of life of being an old soul. Come in and find yourself. Internal wealth. Tune in to Old Soul in a Young World. Old Soul Young World. Old Souls, Young Souls, and all my damn souls in between. Welcome back to another week of Old Soul in the Young World with your host, Jesse Kelly. Hey! What up, guys? Some heroes save lives and some heroes save hip hop. I want to welcome to the show today Hero, the MC, owner, co founder, Founder. Founder. Founder, founder of Bars Over Bars Media. Welcome, Hero. What's poppin'? That was killer. That was killer, How many times right? did you, you rehearsed that a lot? So I, retur- <laughs> I rehearsed it like three times on the way here, and I was like, either I'm going to fuck it up or I'm going to do it correctly. You know, I did it correctly, and then I fucked up. So, like, you got you did half good. and half. You killed it. You killed it. <laughs> How you feeling today? Dude, life is... Uh... Life is so good. It's yes. just every day is just such a great, great day to be alive and be here. And life's just worth living. And that sounds corny, but it is. No, it really is. And you know what? I appreciate you saying that because the first time we talked on the phone, I was like, how are you? And you were like, yo, life is good. It's great. And I was just like, nobody's ever like said that to me immediately when I've talked to them the first time. Um, where do you get that perspective? Why are you so positive, yo? I've just been... Um, <laughs> So I'm so I'm 23. A lot of people say a lot of people think I'm older than I actually am. You do have I, an old soul. I'm not gonna lie. And, a young and I'm world. not just saying that because I'm world. being cliche. <laughs> um, I think I've just been through a lot, and I think I've and and I think and I think I've taken all the losses in my life and turned them into lessons, and mm. that's kind of put a lot of things into perspective for me. Facts. And before we get too deep on the people. Are you? Where are you from? Um, can you let the people know, like, what is Bars Over Bars Media? Who is Hero the MC? Sure. Uh, I'm Hero the MC. I represent this company called Bars Over Bars Media. Um, myself, I started rapping when I was like 14, and I sucked. I was like really bad, really <laughs> All bad. All honest, I could I like <laughs> I rap. I rap like hat with cat, and it was like terrible. <laughs> um, and then I started producing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that sort of put in perspective the ability to flow and the ability to rhyme and the ability to really figure out where to put words and shit like that. Can I swear? Of course. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so that kind of put the perspective in, in for me to rap. Then I started making music and I only dropped it on SoundCloud like an idiot. And then from there, I dropped two albums on SoundCloud like an idiot. Why? Where would you like Apple Music? You should put it on everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you were exclusive like. It's, but it's. It's being stubborn and it's being yeah. like, why am I not blowing up when I'm not doing anything? Yeah. And from there, I just, and then in 2019, I made the decision to really start taking this seriously. Start, I made an Instagram. Like, I'm, I'm the only <laughs> I rapper. made an Instagram. I made an Instagram. Yeah, like, that is huge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's special that you didn't have an Instagram today's day and age because yeah. that's pretty rare that's as pretty, well. That's pretty yeah. everything. Facts. I was just like... The, the music I make is very 90s hip hop inspired and mm. like the 90s my vibe fucking oh, hand out oh, CDs and shit on the street I was doing that yes and um I remember when I had so many CDs made would you say you're a hip hop head I'm such a hip hop head <laughs> um and you know being a hip hop head it, like for myself, there are certain people that I listened to growing up that really like inspired my writing and poetry. And I've repeated 900 times on the show. Hopefully one day we'll tag them and they'll like, you know, write back. But like Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, Jill Scott were like my three ladies yeah. that like started me writing, started me getting into like lyricism, poetry, and then like hip hop and like what the what that could mean um, of using my words and my language. Did you ever have like certain people that you listened to growing up oh, or maybe yeah. still do? The, uh, to me, the greatest rapper that has ever lived is Guru from Gangstar. Oh, shit. I, don't I know. was not expecting that uh, from you. He is from, he is a Roxbury native. I'm, okay. I'm from Roxbury as well. Nice. Um, he represented Brooklyn a lot more than he did Boston, just because, I mean, in the 90s, if, if you wanted to be successful, you kind of had to move to New York and, and be yeah. that. But from there, he met DJ Premier, and that, that's how the Gangstar Foundation is founded. And he is just a very, a very wise, a wise MC, and I feel like I learned a lot 
from him. Yeah. And he passed away 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, died of leukemia. R.I.P. Uh, definitely R.I.P. Yeah. But um, to me, he is the greatest rapper that has ever lived. Uh, my he's he's my top one. That's dope. Uh, my top my other one is I love Royce Five Nine. Okay. And then Nas and yeah. Jay Z and then Ed O G yeah. and then I can go on. You're more underground than mainstream, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for a lot of people, and I think this is something that bars over bars media represents is the culture of underground hip hop. Yeah. Um, and like for a lot of people listening in who are like, what is underground hip hop? What's the difference between different parts of hip hop? Um, what do you feel like it is? Like, why do you feel like underground hip hop is underrepresented or what, what is even underground hip hop? If you could explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of, uh, of different explanations for it. I think the biggest is just like, it's not, it's not widely known. It's, it's people who it's hip hop in the, it's hip hop in the shadows. Mm. It's, it's where people it's, it's the category people are in when, um when they're just not known. Yeah. And I feel like also, you don't have to be trending. Like it doesn't have to be like, a, a no, it's, it's, it's not a specific sound. It's, it's yes. more of just like, you're just not known. Yeah. If you, if you, if you look up underground hip hop in Atlanta, it's a lot of people that sound like future and right. that's okay because right. future's very futures from Atlanta. He's very popular in Atlanta Facts. and it's, and future makes very new school sounding music. So underground is not a term that defines nineties or old school or boom bap. It's just, it's not very well known. Yeah. And would you define like yourself as that? Like I, I'm very, I'm very underground. underground I'm very nineties. Yeah. I'm not well known. Um, I get about 2000 monthly listeners, which is that's uh, to, me, decent, to me, to like, like, me, that's a lot to me, to me, that's, I haven't put a dollar into any Instagram promo oh, whatsoever. I'm serious. It's, it's all from, it's all from playing shows that where I, where I get the following and I can't stress to artists enough to where like making face and handing out, like even going to shows that you're not performing at and handing out cards can be crazy. Yeah. Cause all we need is a hundred fans. Right. Uh, like if, if, if you drop an album and a hundred people buy it, like you're set. Yeah. All we need is a hundred people that fuck with us exactly. and we're good. We don't need a million followers or shit like that. We just need a solid core fan base that that'll, that'll support you when you need it. For real. And you know, I think, um, something else that's, that's super rare and cool about you is like, you are a young head in the game. And like, I, I feel like you have these, like this wisdom already where you know that like a lot of young kids, they just create music online. They never go and try to do shows. They never network. They never communicate. And then they're like complain like, or why aren't I blowing up? Why aren't I going anywhere? Um, you, you do have to show face. You do need to show people you're serious, that you're consistent. You care about what you're putting your time into. Um, and just to get people on board, you know, the, uh, the independent wave that's going on right now. And for those who don't know, you can walk into Walmart and buy a microphone and then upload it to the internet. <laughs> that's like, that's the independent wave yeah, and it's, facts. and it makes music, it makes music very accessible, mm. which is a good and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody can upload anything to SoundCloud and yeah. it can blow up or it or can't auto tune anything, or auto tune anything. <laughs> and a lot of people aren't being educated to to sort of a lot of people aren't being educated in a way where they're taught to succeed mm. and they kind of have to do trial and error but more importantly be wise enough to learn and research and go out and do things and try to make it rather than just being upset with the lack of results right right facts and like when i hear you saying that like everyone listening in like don't be complacent you feel me don't stay in your place and just think it's going to come to you if you're not working for it like you know uh here are the mcs put time effort like blood sweat tears and energy into hosting his shows, putting out his music and networking just to grow the community like that shit takes time and effort. And you started 2019, you said I threw I threw uh, I performed for the first time in 2019. OK. And from May to the end of the year, I performed at 60 different events. None of them were mine. What? None of them were mine. That's how like committed I was. That's like 10. This dude just said 60 events. That's, I'm so sorry to cut you off. Like six, that's zero. That's a lot. I'm not even at 60 episodes and I've been doing this for a year. So it's like, I just want to shout the fuck out to you. It's different, obviously, yeah. media, but like, wow. Some people won't, some people aren't even performing once a month. Yo. And that's, that's just how like committed I was to, to getting out of there. And I was fucking exhausted every, mm -hmm. every single day of my life, but it was worth it to build the connections and meet the people. And when I started performing at other people's events, 
I had to pay to perform, mm-hmm. which is which I don't necessarily I don't necessarily agree with because right. I put it on a fucking shirt. Never charge the artist. Yo, I have that in my notes to ask you, yeah. but I'm so happy you're wearing that shirt. I know. Ah. I had, well, I had to wear something. We'll talk about that. I had to wear something to represent myself. <laughs> yes. Um, I paid to perform a lot, which I think there are a lot of pros and cons to it. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not something that is like, oh, ban that shit forever. I think if it's done right, it can make sense. Yeah. I think if you pay to perform, and the promoter's like, here is here's a two hundred dollar slot. And you get 40 tickets. And if you sell them all for the set price, you'll make 400 bucks. Right. So you'll you'll double your money. Yes. But I think promoters will sell these slots to artists who don't have a fan base just because they want the money. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter if people actually show up for them because they're paying to be there and they're getting the money whether they're selling 40 tickets. Whether you have a crowd The of promoter five or is nine. selling 40 <laughs> tickets yeah. whether that person brings 40 tickets or not. Right. And if you're an artist and you don't have a fan base, maybe you get your family to come, but you're not going to charge your family to come. So you're losing $200 to perform. Exactly. And I paid a lot of money to perform. Sometimes I've broken even, sometimes I haven't. Never have I ever performed and I've gotten a photo package or a video package or a live stream or anything like that. So I just kind of wanted to create this experience for the artist where it's 100% free. You show up, you have a good time, you get... I take like a thousand photos a night. I run a, you, you saw the live stream I of sent course. you. We yeah, run, yeah, we run dope. a high quality live stream to Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube all at once. And it's all high quality. So whatever's going through the soundboard, that's what the live stream here is. It's like you're recording a track. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like you're recording the podcast. It's funny because when I listen, sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah. When I listen to the freestyle, so when he, when they do their shows, they live stream all the shows and you can listen to it live yeah. or it's, pre, it's recorded. And so it's you can on the go internet back forever, forever. Yeah. Right. But so when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this audio quality is so high. I thought you had taken the audio from the show, taken the video and matched it up and like reload. But I'm like, wait, but he said live stream. I'm using so the soundboard. I'm using the soundboard as the microphone. Damn. So whatever's going through the soundboard, okay. Like like a lot of people think of as an of an audio interface as a way to just record a microphone. Yeah. But I'm running the wires from the soundboard to the audio interface. So whatever's going so whatever so like the beat, the microphone, whatever effects, whatever whatever's coming out of the speakers of the event. Mm-hmm. That's what the live stream hears. So it's wow. super good quality. And it is always Wi-Fi dependent. Like sometimes the of Wi-Fi course, is not yeah. good, so it's whatever. Yeah. But most of the time the live stream turns out pretty good. Yeah. You know, technology isn't perfect just like sucks. us, but we, yeah. we keep trying. <laughs> um, and what what like so bars over bars media, I know I wanna get into your music and talk about that, yeah. but where did the idea or inspiration or like the initial seed of like, okay, let's make this an event where like MCs can come from anywhere. You don't have to be professional. You don't have to be signed. You don't have to put money. Yeah. We're going to put on a show and keep it going and do it at different spots, event places, and even having a tour, to, uh, toy drive in December where you guys raised donations. Yeah, we, we hit That's we got, amazing. We got like 50 toys. That's it like, was dope. It was awesome. And for only being started for like the last couple of years, that yeah. is huge. That's a huge come up. Yeah. Uh, we've thrown... Tonight we're having our, it's not going to be relevant. We're probably going to do 10 more shows before this episode comes out in a couple weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, tonight, as of March, as of March 13th, yep. we've done 166 events in the last, what? in the last two years. Uh, 166? Yes. 166? Yeah. In the you last guys two are years. amazing. Like killing uh, it. Sometimes we do multiple events a day. Uh, but for the most part, we do about 20 events a month. Which is a lot. Okay. Um, and they're mostly at small, unique businesses. Like mm-hmm. we do sneaker stores, we do vintage stores, we do smoke shops, we do everything. And the reasoning behind that is because when COVID first started, all the venues were closed. Right. So we had to keep hip hop going. Mm-hmm. So we had to find these places that want, that could have us because venues can't because they have to be shut down. Right. But there's also a very big pro to that where a lot of people who own music venues are like 60 (laughs) and they don't really give a fuck about hip hop. And that's not their fault. I mean, I don't really give a fuck about country. (laughs) Same to be completely honest with everyone. That's just my opinion. And as a venue owner, I, if I owned a venue, I want to be passionate about the people coming through the door. Uh And a lot of people that own music venues don't book hip hop or don't give hip hop a priority. So 
I'm able to book a sneaker store in Haverhill whenever I want for whatever time I want and I get the freedom to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's pros and cons to that because I mean, not every, if, if we throw a show at a bar, people are going to be there anyway. A hundred percent. And yeah. there's, there's going to be more of a crowd, but also the crowd's probably not going to be engaged because not everyone's there for hip hop. Right. If you, if, if a sneaker store holds 40, 40 people and you sell 40 tickets, you you got to like hip hop to pay to be in a sneaker store right. at nine exactly. o'clock at night on a, yep. on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So I think that even though the, the shows we do at small businesses are smaller crowds, I think it's a more engaged audience and it's sometimes it's better than the, the 400 plus people shows we throw. Exactly. I've had, I've had a lot more fun in a sneaker store than I have at a regular <laughs> music venue sometimes. <laughs> And that's dope because, like, you're redefining what shows are and what, like, venues are. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and and these small businesses, like, they need help. They need the community outreach. Yes. These these shows are are only as good as the effort that everybody puts in. Right. And if an artist wants to just show up for their set and then go home, like, you do you. I'm on, I'm on your time. I'm grateful you showed up, period. But <laughs> I don't think that you're properly utilizing everything I give you Mm -hmm. because for an artist to show up and not network and just leave, like not only do the fans recognize that the artists recognize that I recognize that, but you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot because you're not doing what you should do to properly expand. Yeah. It's like bringing, like you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you have to want to market yourself and, and bring yourself in the, into that community. I think a lot of people, um, because of COVID and because of a lot of things going on, they got uh, a little bit introverted yeah. and it's like, okay, it's time for us to break out and really do that. And if you're about it and you have the passion, it's like your dream is to be an MC. You did 60 shows in whatever you said, like a span of yeah, a year months, yeah. or six months. Like that's just the dedication and it proves itself. Um, so if you're giving the platform, all you can do is invite as many artists as you can and hope that they use it as a and tool. Just hope they use it. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I take like 500 to a thousand photos a night of an event okay. and it's all Yourself? just like click, click. Like I'm just like a kid. I'm like, I'm a, yo, I'm you do everything. It's digital. Like click, <laughs> like whip out your iPhones. Oh, I fucked up. I hit that. Oh, That's you're my all bad. good. Don't worry. Sorry, slam. Uh, <laughs> shout out slam. Shout, shout out, out slam. straight vision, straight vision TV. Uh, I take a lot of photos and I love it. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just like the candid guy. Like, I'm just like, click, click. I don't even like look at what I'm shooting at because it's digital. Like if I don't like it, I can delete it. But I also like, I get home, I upload them onto Google drive. It takes like two seconds. Mm -hmm. And cause it's not really up. I don't edit anything because honestly, half the time, some of the artists don't even open the, the, the folder that's and, wild. and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But it's wild to me cause it's free promo. You know what with, I'm saying? With but the amount of work I do, I don't want to have to put in any more effort than I have to yeah. because then it's or stress. You know what I'm saying? Pointless. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah. If I, if I sat there and like meticulously edited every photo right. and someone didn't post it, I'd be upset. Yeah. But, but now like all I did was take it and upload it. And if you don't use it, that's, that's on you. That's, that's. okay. I'm okay with that. Right. And, um, can you actually shout out some of the ven- uh, venues that you guys have been using sure. um, in the last couple months? Sure. Uh, a venue, small businesses that we book consistently. Uh, we do MJ Smoke Shop in Woburn. We do a Cypher and a regular showcase there. Um, we do Crispy Clean Kicks in Haverhill. We do... Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we, do uh, we do the Fawcett Thrift in Attleboro. Hey. We do United States Unitary in Milford, New Hampshire. We do the... Did I say the Fell Fanatic in Salem? Mm, we do I don't that. Think so. um, just trying to think of more. Uh, <laughs> we do some breweries too. Yes. We, we do Spicket River in Lawrence. Ooh. We uh, we do Urban Farm Fermentary in Portland. That's where we do a weekly show up there nice. in Portland, Maine. Yeah. Um, we do. We and do, you have one coming up. Actually, you mentioned in Lynn. Yeah. Um, in May. Yes. Is that what you said? In May, we're doing a show at Bentwater Brewing. It's going to be the first hip hop show that they've done there in a while. Dope. Um, it's gonna be super good. It's gonna be super good, super cool. <laughs> super cool. It'll be man. on May fifteenth. The lineup is in my brain. Yes. It's not. It's not gotcha. superficial. This is probably the first place I'm like publicly talking about it. Uh, but it should be a super dope time. Wait, so they heard it here first. They heard it here first. Oh, yeah. you heard it here first. But I'm, I'll probably have the flyer before this yeah, episode. Yeah, drops. you know. <laughs> but in the past, you heard it here first. <laughs> Fags. Um, 
we uh, we aren't doing the Saugus Mall anymore. Okay. But we were doing a bi-weekly show at Hall of Family Vintage in the Saugus Mall. Word. Uh, the mall just um the mall itself just uh, is kind of cracking down on live music. Okay. So it's yeah. it's whatever. But I yeah. mean, how many people can say they threw a show at a mall? Exactly. We, d- we did eight of them in four months. That's wild. So. Yeah. And you know, I when I hear you talk about shows like uh, a lot in New Hampshire, uh, Maine. Boston area, like different, you know, a lot of a range. Um, It's, it's very important to not be stuck in a box. Mm -hmm. Like it's why I didn't name myself like Boston over Boston or whatever. Cause I don't want to like be put in a box. Most of the hip hop scene in new England is from Providence. It's a straight line from Providence to Portland. Yeah. So there's some Vermont, there's some Connecticut, mm-hmm. there's even a little bit in Springfield, but for the most part, like mo- most of the ground is covered from Providence to Portland East. Okay. So everything from Providence to Portland and then you go out East. Yeah. That's pretty much the hip hop scene in New England. See, it's funny. Cause like in my mind growing up, I didn't think of like Providence or Portland as hip hop. Like yeah. to me, it was just Boston. It was like Lynn, it was Salem. Well, obviously, cause I'm yeah. from the area around there, but did you know about that scene before moving from Boston to New Hampshire or were you more indulgent in it, like after you moved there? I was I was definitely discovering more stuff as I as I moved. OK, but the 60 events I played in 2019 um, were all the way from like I did some Portland stuff, some Providence stuff, some yeah. New Hampshire stuff, Connecticut, New York, yeah. Vermont. Um, it was important to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. So. And it's dope to know the culture is still alive. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even outside the main cities that you would expect it to be. A lot of artists, especially ones that live in cities, don't have cars. Mm-hmm. So their 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 ability to play shows is pretty much if if there's a venue down the street or somewhere local. So yeah. I'm never going to be able to meet some Providence. Rhode Island artists if I don't play a show in Providence. For real. Yep, that's true. And, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and we were saying, you know, like things like this, when you're when you're starting a business, um, it's never really just you. Even though people see you as like the face of it, they know that you're like the owner of it, the founder. There's usually, it takes a village. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of people. Do you have a team of people that you work with to make this possible? Oh, I got a big ass team. <laughs> Even if you can't shout them out individually? Yes. Uh, we have, I think I'm going to start this over. Um, it's hard to get people involved in what you're doing because Bars Over Bars is, is only my baby. Mm-hmm. And you can have team members who do a little bit. But I can't expect everybody to do as much as I do because it's because it's not their baby. Like you like this. That's is, how I feel about like the podcast. this is your baby. Yes. And it's 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 very awesome to have people helping a little bit. Yep. But you can't expect people to be like a like a 50 50 partner when when it's not their baby. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, For example, I do a weekly show in Portland, Maine, and uh, we have a and my partner up there for the main team. He goes by Lee Giles. He's fucking fantastic. Shout out Lee Giles. Shout out Lee Giles. He's an amazing illustrator. If you looked at any of my music, he did. He hand drew the uh, the artwork for polyvinyl chloride. Yes, I did see I that. I dropped that. Uh, wow. He's an amazing illustrator. He's okay. Um, he actually totally curates the main events. So he'll pick the lineups. He'll make the flyer. Mm-hmm. I just got to show up and help run sound. That's awesome. And the hardest thing I do is organizing mm-hmm. because it takes the longest because I got to message the artists and then maybe they don't get back to me or then I got to find somebody else. It's important that these shows are cohesive yep. where everybody on the bill sort of fits well with each other. That yep. way, like the fan of one dude can be a fan of another because mm-hmm. if they make very different types of music, the fan bases aren't going to mix. And the whole point right. of these shows is to get people to become fans of each other. Come together. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing I do is organize. So when I get when I collab with podcasts, like I like I do a weekly, not a weekly. I do like I do shows with Say That Podcast sometimes. Hey, shout out Say That Podcast. We do, uh, we do a lot of collabs, probably one show a month, and they pick half the lineup, and I pick half the lineup. That's fire. And every time, not only do we both get to meet new people, but it's like, oh fuck yeah, I don't gotta pick as many stupid people anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know that that's actually something I was gonna talk to you about too. Like, are you? 
do you care about the artist that you have on? Like, does it mean something to you if somebody just comes in and they're talking trash instead of somebody who has like good lyricism yeah. or do you just, you don't mind a mix of it, like book, ignorance with whatever? I book, um, at Bars Over Bars, we value talent and, uh, and attitude. Mm. So I book a lot of people who are very, very good artists, yeah. but are not good people in my opinion. <laughs> and I book people who aren't super talented, but are very good people. And that's real as fuck of you to say, and, honestly. And I, I appreciate that. And I think you're more, you're more, because let's be honest, most of the music coming out now is not very, it's not very good. Yes. At least like lyrically wise. Right. And it's easy music. It's let's easy say music. Like that. And, <laughs> and I think these people are able to become famous and become stars because they have an image and yeah. because they're, they're just cool. They're confident. Exactly. They're, they're nice people. And even though their music isn't super great, I think people are more likely to become fans of you just because you're a good person. Right. And most of the people I book fall in the middle of that where they're talented and they have good attitude. And I love those people, but mm -hmm. sometimes I get a range. Yeah. But like I said before, I think that if you, if you're very talented, but you just show up and leave, I think, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Yep. A hundred percent. And you know, with, with stuff like this, like I just relate to you so much because like we said, like starting a podcast, booking guests, waiting for people to get back to me, oh, dude, it sucks. making sure it's organized, consistent, all of that. Um, and you know, moving studios and trying to figure out sets and like everything, just audio production, video production, which you're also involved in yeah. um, as well separately. Um, how important is it to you? Cause I know it is to me for like pre-production planning, like future planning before the shows, knowing what's going to happen. Um, I know like you obviously have your artist set up, but like yeah. with the audio and, and all of that as well. It's important. It's important to plan. And yeah. being organized, especially when, when you do as much as I do, really helps. If I threw like one show a month, it wouldn't matter. But when, when you're talking like four to five shows a week, you need to be organized nice. and you need to plan. You also need to be willing to learn. Every single show I throw, there is something that goes wrong. Whether an artist doesn't show up, whether a cable breaks, or whether you know something happens. Yeah. And I just need to be prepared that to happen and if i'm not yes. i need to plan better so mm -hmm. it can be prevented it teaches you to like learn to be flexible like you think oh everything's gonna work out just because i pre-planned or had everything like scheduled or that's not how it goes and that's the shit that nobody sees the behind yeah. the scenes stuff um that does go wrong and you're like okay but i'm still gonna crank out this content i'm this show is still gonna go on like meta not metaphorically literally yeah. the show yeah. is gonna go on um and, you know, I I know that uh, going forward, um, you do want to continue having the shows. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to or are planning to do with Bars Over Bars Media um, in the future, whether it be this year, 10 years, 15 years, yeah. whatever? Uh, we're starting a podcast next month, hey, which is going to be which is going to be pretty cool. Um, That's crazy. Once a week, we take uh, we take music submissions. Okay. We have a we have a form page in our bio link. People send us music, and um, we're we're at volume sixty six this week. So we've done it sixty six weeks in a row. So what? Is, so they send in submissions of music, people and you send put us together music and we play a it, CD, and we play it on, and we we do live stream radio for it. Wow. So I went about okay. it, and it's all and it's all built around giving artists honest and honest critiques. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you'll send your song a friend, you'll send your friend a song. And he'll just send back a fire emoji, and that's and that like doesn't <laughs> for real. and that doesn't help you. So like, it's like that doesn't translate uh, what you think about my songs. Normally, song, sorry. people send in around eight to twelve songs a week. Okay, and then it, and it's crazy because I don't have to go looking for songs; they're, they're just there. Yeah, we we built we built a community that will just continuously send us music to listen to, and it gets played to an audience of about we usually get a hundred or two hundred views a night, which I don't know. I like that. Yeah, that's um, wild. And we do that. We do that once a week. We've done that since November of 2020. And what's the radio or like where could people listen to that? We go live on Facebook, Twitch and YouTube right on okay. Bars Over Bars Media. So the okay, same word. platforms we use for, uh, for to, to live stream the shows. Yeah, we, we do the live stream radio for too. Where do you feel like you get your most like audience from of those three like Facebook, Twitch or um, what was the last one? 
YouTube. YouTube. I think... Or like the most activity or like, yeah. yeah. It's definitely Twitch. Okay. I think Twitch has built a sort of... See, I'm not a Twitcher. I don't really understand it. So I was curious about... I think Twitch is just more designed for audience engagement than than, than YouTube is. Um, Because you you can, as a Twitch user, you can host another person's stream, meaning that you can share it in a way you can on Facebook. Mm. So like... If if I'm following you on Twitch mm-hmm. and you go live, I can then host your stream so anyone following me will be notified that you're streaming. Oh wow. Which is cool. That and is and cool. you can't do that on YouTube. No, it's different. The worst part about the best and worst part about Facebook is that it is very easy to share someone's post because it just becomes yours. It takes yeah. a second. Yeah, facts. But most of the time after the streams get uploaded, they're completely mute mm. because not just because of copyright, but Facebook is just like, fuck you and your music forever. Yeah. Right. Because they just don't want, they don't want music on there. Yeah. That's but, true. But when it's live, when it's happening, the, the, you hear sounds, but afterwards it's not. Yeah. But I, I, there's a lot of pros and cons to all these platforms. I was going to say, do you get copyright infringements on any of those platforms? Like, not cause on I've you, heard not some on people YouTube use Twitch. like beats, like copyrighted yeah. beats on the, fr- like live streams. Well, when we do a lot, when we do hip hop shows, it's I, hard not to use copyrighted it's beats. It's hard not you know to. What I'm saying? I, I try not to encourage remixes, but some people do them anyway. But some yeah. people also perform beats they haven't paid for yet oh, and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, because they just want to like test the waters on a song, which I get. Yeah. Um, but then I run into issues where like producers are like, "Why? Why'd you let this dude perform?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> it's like I didn't know. I didn't do this. <laughs> um, there's pros and cons to all these platforms. Yeah. But I think they're the three big ones. And we got to keep doing them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And, you know, going forward with yourself in your own music, Mm -hmm. because aside from starting Bars for Bars Media, you have been into your own, you know, hip hop and writing um, and putting out music for a couple of years now. Um, And you are dropping a new project, which by the time this comes out, I think it will have dropped Oh, yeah. it's already dropped. Well, no, it, it would already it have been dropped. It will have, yeah. yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and sure. what to expect from that? Uh, next Monday, which would be the 21st, which is going to be after this, Yeah. Um, I'm dropping a four-track EP called Lessons on Lambert, and it's a it's part one of four. Each one is going to be sort of like a play on a street in Roxbury. The next one will be Hate on Highland, which I guess is the first time I'm saying that. Fucking exclusive. Hey. Exclusive. You heard it here first. Um, Dropped a lot of gems today. I'm yes. not going to lie. And uh, <laughs> I'm very wise. Um, in my music, I am very inspired by death. Okay. Which is probably weird for you to hear. Um, I made a project in 2020 called The Eighth Letter. Um, and that project was, it, it was, it was meant to ask a lot of questions that don't have an answer and the big question was, the big questions were, why do we value people's music more when they're dead than when they're alive? And <laughs> Or artwork in general, painters, I writers. Mean, I mean, for example, like Eminem is the, he's, he's not even in my top 25, but I respect him for selling the most amount of records in the hip hop ever. Right. But he drops one bad album in 2017 and all of a sudden like, his whole career is tainted. Yeah. But if he died in 2005, would, would he be like praised yeah. and he's a if, legend. If, and if Biggie and Tupac were still alive, would they still be in everybody's top five? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's we, a we crazy val- concept. We value art more. And it, and the eighth letter in 2020 tried to ask is, is, is the legacy we want to leave upon the world? Is it hard to earn or is it simply given due to fatal circumstances? There's a lot of people who have <laughs> wow, died. That's crazy. There's a lot of people who have died in hip hop that I don't consider to be very good. Yeah. I can't even name a DMX song, I feel but, that. but he dies and then everybody hops on the RIP DMX shit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that because I'm not a fan of DMX. Yeah. But I, I think death provides a sort of, it, it allows people to be highlighted. And I think that people should just be loved when they're alive. It's almost like death provides art value. Death provides you, relevancy. Yeah, it yeah. provides you to be relevant again, M- even if you weren't. MF it's Doom crazy. died last year. Yes. and Or maybe the year before. Oh, I'm so bad. I know the years are all mixed the in years with the are all shit mixed and together. the COVID. Uh, but M- yeah, in the last couple MF of years, D- yes. And then his streams went up 600% the next day. And it's just like, what, you know, that's wild. Or like, 
like I say, painters that relate back to painters who pass away and their like artwork becomes famous and now it's sold for like millions and billions and all this shit. And it's like, like you said, if they had stayed alive, would they just be a broke artist on the street? Like, would it have even meant as much? Um, and I, that, so that's, that's a crazy concept. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to get me caught up. No, but I, I so is that part of your EP that you're releasing? It's sort of a continuation of the ideas, but it's okay. more it's more built around how how the concept of hate can lead you astray and then and then want to murder somebody. <laughs> that's kind of like That's so fucking real. <laughs> that's kind of like the idea I have. And yeah. I, and I'm kind of telling it in reverse where Lessons of Lambert is the the ending of the story where where like what what we learn can prevent this and how we can take losses and how we can take setbacks and, and be a better person because of them. And so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been through a lot since I've in my, in my brain, bars over bars is very big because it should be in, yeah. in my brain. I feel like I'm a superstar, but I know I'm not, <laughs> but I feel like I'm in this position where I'm hated, but I'm also very loved mm -hmm. because people will talk a lot of shit about what I'm doing, but then also still perform at my shows and then also tell me they're having a good time. And then you know how it is. I do. Um, I do know how it is. And it, it's a crazy concept because sometimes your biggest support comes from people who are not close to you at all. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes the people closest to you, they will want to be doing what you're doing so much that it causes them to hate you. Yeah. Um, jealousy Jealousy and envy, that's it's, what... It, it, they go hand in hand, and yeah. it, it's unfortunate that it happens, but it's also motivating. You feel me? Like, this is why I do it. Yeah. To get people, like, questioning, like, what, like, what are you doing that's upsetting somebody so much when you're contributing something positive? That makes you stop and think, like, what's good within them that makes it feel that way? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have a... Uh, not, not as much anymore, but... I do have people who, who try to start stuff with me mm -hmm. and it's very important that I don't highlight those people. Yeah. I just, I just keep my mouth shut. I grip my, <laughs> I grip my teeth because as soon as, as soon as I fight back, as soon as I put them on blast or putting me on blast, all I'm doing is highlighting, highlighting the hate and hate provides relevancy and people don't deserve that. Yes. So like when people say like actions speak louder than words, I feel like silence speaks the loudest. You feel me? It's like, I'm not even going to give you no. the satisfaction of knowing I'm upset about it or knowing that I care. Cause that just leads you on to thinking that you're more, that you're affecting me more than you are. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have a purpose, there's a lot of people in this world don't have a purpose. So they reflect or they focus on other people's lives or, or things that other people are doing and they hate on it. But it's like, you know, if once you find that purpose and you can um, redirect your energy, you know, to something good, to something that makes you feel good, you no longer have that hate for the people around you no. who are doing good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's an internal struggle and battle. Um, so I appreciate yeah. you even like putting that on the table. If somebody is doing better than I am at something it's just an opportunity for me to learn Fast. literally literally yeah. that's it you that's all so it is knowledge um <laughs> jealousy and envy that will that will ruin you mm -hmm. Th these these four track four part projects I'm dropping are all about the lessons you can learn from loss and also what would happen if you didn't learn them wow so like yeah. And are those streets you lived on? I know that's a random question, but like, it sounds like Lambert Street and um, what was the other they're one? All street, they're all streets in Roxbury. I oh, okay, they are streets Personally, I lived on Kensington most of my life. Okay, gotcha. But um, I just, I don't know, I had the idea to do Lessons on Lambert, Hate on Highland. Yeah, no, I like that concept, yeah. though. Yeah. It's very catchy. Like, yeah. And I picture some cool artwork to go along yeah. with it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, can we expect any music videos or is that not something that you're into currently? I think... Um, I think music video wise, I'm not, I'm not like super creative. Yeah. Like you're not at that no, level. I, I do. I do all the flyers for bars over bars. Okay. So I you do, do the graphic design I too? I do all the graphic design. And I think like, 
I do my graphic design, so shout out to you. Yeah. You know, I think visually I'm very creative when it comes to flyers and yes. artwork and stuff like that. When it comes to video, it's a whole nother third dimension that my brain just doesn't <laughs> understand. Yes. Which is why I don't edit any videos because right. it's just I'm just extremely allergic but to it. You know it. your limit. You're like, you know what? I'm like, like someone I else know can I do suck that. At that. I know what I'm I can do. <laughs> I know, like, I do all the mixing and mastering for my music. Oh, word! Because. And I do all the home recording okay. and it's all trial and error. I don't know shit about nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so ADHD where like if someone shows me like if, if I have to watch a tutorial, I'm never going to get it. <laughs> I just have to do it. You're like either it clicks or it fucking I, doesn't I click. Just have like to that's do it. it. Music for me is such a personal thing where like I have to make it all because. Yeah. I can't go to a studio and record because not only do I get very anxious in front of other people re recording music, but it's such a personal journey for me that when I listen back to what I've created myself, it it's more impactful. Facts. And like, you know, when I hear you talk about your music and talk about bars over bars and everything, it, it, it seems like, um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it like a therapy to you or some type of release? Like it, it seems like you use it as an outlet for this loss and this love or, um, the struggle that you went through along the way of finding yourself yeah. as a hip hop, um, artist or MC. If I wasn't, um, if I wasn't, if I didn't, if I didn't start making music, I'd be dead. That's like, that's the truth. And that's boo, 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 boo. Yo, a hundred. <laughs> I I represent and I'm all a hundred percent about mental health on yeah. the show and just like you saying that, thank you, because if I didn't start this podcast, I would be dead. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Like and, and people feel uncomfortable hearing that because it's so real. Um, and it scares people. And it's like it, it's not scary. It's beautiful yeah. um, because it's it's the truth. And sometimes we need to use art as medicine. And it's not like, you know, we can be prescribed a lot of medicine or given a lot of therapy or, or whatever. Get a bunch of these medical bills that like we're not even getting the real help we need. Or you can find an outlet that's free that you can put your time, your effort, your energy in. And it really does heal you and, and, and help you yeah. in the long run. So just shout you out for fucking following that and talking about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I went through something a long time ago in high school. Um, and um, I think I think most of it was just being like an undiagnosed hormonal teenager. Yeah. But um, finding music and being, finding music and then building upon that and yeah. finding the release in that yeah. truly saved my life. Yeah. I, I completely 100% relate. And, you know, um, I've been wanting to ask you this whole time. And I was like, you know what? Let me save it for the end because I'm just so fucking curious. Hero the MC. Hero the MC is such a strong name. Where the hell did you come up with that? How did you get labeled as Hero the MC? Yeah. Or um, why? Why do you call yourself that? Yeah. I used to go by Hero for a while. Um, I dropped my first two projects, Roxbury and then Mission Hill. Uh, under under the hero name, and then I dropped a smaller project under hero the name with a producer named 16 Bit Spit, super cool dude. Um, and then in 2020, a few months after COVID started, I was just uh, I was just looking at like a total rebrand because when you type in hero on Google, like I'm not even like like I'm not even in in the 800 pages of results because it's just such like a broad term. Right, right. So I think hero the MC really um, sort of it labeled it well yeah. because I host events. Yep. I I'm, I'm a host, but I'm also like an MC in the, in the regards of the master of ceremonies. Like exactly. I'm just, I'm just a dope ass rapper Yes. and not, and then not only is like, is it just a nail on the head, but you type in here, the MC and you find it immediately. Facts. If, if you're playing a show and somebody's even remotely interested in you and you're not in like the top three results, you're going to get, you're going to get forgotten about. Yeah. So it's important that you as an artist, brand yourself properly. Yeah. Have that originality. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, um, I don't know if you ever got pushback, but like for me, like old soul, young world, it's, it's kind of an out there name. Um, and if you Google it, it is one of the only ones that comes up yeah, because it's who the fuck's going to name a podcast old soul, young world. It was too long. You feel me? quote unquote. Like when I started this, a lot of the opinions and comments I got was to change it, shorten it, make it something a little like less wordy. Um, so when you're making an email or an Instagram or whatever, it's not this long ass thing. And I was like, but that's, that's me. That's yeah. what it fits. That's, that's what I fit into. So it's like, even with yours, cause it's like three words, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not just a 
little baby or like you know (laughs) a little (laughs) um so it's dope when you you find your originality and you stick with it you know no matter what anyone says people like like people like drake get lucky because they're just like (laughs) the first person named drake who blew up yeah there's probably like right a hundred people named drake on spotify or whatever (laughs) i'm serious there's like four logics it's crazy yeah no you're right um and, you know, I, I do want to. Um, oh, sorry. Can you let people know where they can find your music? Yeah, like the new album? Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on any platform. Here are the MC. H-E-R-O-T-H-E-E-E-M-C-E. Um, the new album drops on the four track EP drops on the Mar- on March 21st, next Monday from the, the day of filming. Hey. Um, it's featuring Sean Mike's CXP, Jeff Porter and David Ryan. It's all produced by my man, happy Walters. Ooh. He's from Detroit. I just found him on YouTube, but I was like, I need this now. That's I need all fire. of it right now. So I bought it. Um, <laughs> I need it now. Give it to me. <laughs> also, I'll do anything. <laughs> artists, please get the exclusives of your beats because you should, because yes. yeah, it's just right. You should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's dope. Um, and you know, don't know if you have, uh, prepared for this some people do some people don't i always ask the same question on the so uh on the show to my guests and i just you know wonder what your opinion is on what it means to be an old soul in a young world um it's a good one it's a good one right came out of nowhere like i think old soul in a young world Whatever you want to say about it. Like, you don't even have to define it. Okay. Whatever thought that pops in your head. Okay. Um, Whether you think you're one or not, doesn't matter. I am an old soul in a young world. Oh, he is, though. <laughs> but he is, though. Um, it's just it's just being wise and probably just being willing to learn. Yes. That's kind of what I've been saying the whole time. Yeah. And I think it reflects on it perfectly. A hundred percent. And it reflects on your character, um, not only, you know, as an MC, as an artist, as a writer, as an event organizer. um, But I feel like you you really put that wisdom into play. Like like you said, you can give someone the tools, you can give someone the knowledge, but do they utilize it? Do they take the time and use it? Um, You know, I got a couple of years on you and you're utilizing your tools so much to the point where it's like in a couple of years, who knows where the hell you're going to be. And that's what it is like staying motivated and hungry for whatever that dream is, even if it's intangible, you know? Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have a, we have a team working in Portland, Oregon. They go by bars or bars PDX. I did not know. Which is crazy. Oregon, 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 middle of nowhere. Well, no, Portland, Oregon is pretty a pretty well-known place. It is. Jessica Day's from there, from New yes. Girl. Crazy. Yeah. So what are they doing out there? In they're throwing Oregon? a weekly event. What? They're killing it out there. I went over there in August of okay. which, about seven months ago. Uh, someone I know over there named Deej Willie. He used to live in New Hampshire. Uh, we we did a few shows together over here, but he moved over there. And um, I was invited out by the city to throw three events for for uh, Portland, Oregon's Hip Hop Week. Dude, that's huge. So I went over there. <laughs> I had him help me because... I needed the place to stay, but I also needed him to help me yeah. because he's just a really cool dude. And uh, now he's over there. He's running shit by himself. Wow. And it's, it's all under the Bars Over Bars name. <sighs> and I mean, for, for people to be like, what's next? Are you getting out of Boston? Are you getting out of New England? Like, it's, yeah. it's already there. Yeah. And I think the goal with Bars Over Bars, and it's going to take 10, 20, 20 years if the planet's even around that long. <laughs> Facts. But, uh, which, which terrifies me, <laughs> actually. That's a whole nother conversation. Which is a whole nother podcast yeah, episode. Yeah, right. Um, I <laughs> think, old soul, no world. Old soul, no world. LOL. <laughs> I, think the, uh, I think the goal over the next 10, 20, 30 years is just to, uh, to set up branches everywhere. So, mm. so if you're an artist and you want to go on tour, you can tour solely with Bars Over Bars. <laughs> so like... I want to set up a New York branch and That's then a DMV lit. branch and then a Carolina branch and then an, a Georgia branch and then yes. a Florida branch. Yes. My guy in Oregon's already doing a Seattle event next wow. in May. So, and then they're doing North California stuff. I didn't realize how big the friggin' world is, Yo, but like real. Seattle and Oregon are Seattle and Portland, Oregon are three hours apart from each other. Yep. And I think we're spoiled here in new England because a lot of these, Places are just very close to States each other. States are so close, right? States like I could so go close. New Hampshire. Like you drove from New Hampshire to come to Boston and come do this, you it's know? A, it's a 13-hour drive to get from Portland, Oregon to Los Angeles. 
Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, wow. and a lot of the here, when we go for like an hour long drives, like there's cities everywhere. Right. Because, cause like you got Lawrence, you got Lowell, you yeah. got Cambridge, you got Boston in the more West you go, the more shit is farther away from each other. Yeah. Like in North Carolina, there's Durham and there's Charlotte. And those are the two biggest, th those are pretty much the two biggest places in, in North, in North Carolina, but they're right. two and a half hours apart and from each crazy. other. It's crazy. If you don't get out of yourselves out of where you live, you don't realize, you know, our, our shit is really close it's together. Huge. And we're lucky in a way, um, but also kind of puts you in a, a closed in mindset where you don't, think you can expand as far as you can. It's like you can, it's possible. Um, it's possible to travel and go outside of your comfort zone and make things happen. Look at you, you got it in Portland, Oregon. You said California, Boston, New Hampshire, Maine, We're like yo, all over the map. The, the goal is to just set up this, this free hip hop infrastructure yes. to where artists who have never performed before can perform for free and be, and, and be sort of taught taught how to do things right. Yes, that's amazing. It's inspiring, it makes me excited, and it makes me hopeful for the future that there are still people carrying on the culture of hip hop and the culture of being an old soul and being organized and in being motivated world. in a young fucking a young world. world. Um, and you know, is there anything before you we sign off that you wanna say to anyone who's you know interested in getting involved with you or interested in maybe following a similar path that you're following of being involved in the hip hop media game or community. Sure. Um, if you're an artist and you want to perform, Him whether me? you are, <laughs> whether you have a million followers or zero, just hit me up. Hey. Bars Over Bars Media, we'll find space for you. Um, we try to encourage people who have never been to a Bars Over Bars show to come out to one before, before we book you. Yep. Because if you can come out to a show that's not about you, then I think that you have a chance in this platform because it's all community based. Facts. Because we we try to to get more people who who just want to be involved in hip hop rather than just be involved with 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 their career. Be involved with everyone's career because it is it is a community thing. Yep. But yeah, if you want to perform, Bars Over Bars Media. If you got tracks you want you want to submit, Bars Over Bars Media. If you need anything, yesterday we just announced that we are now open for inquiries, whether it's mixing and mastering or artwork or. Pretty much anything under the sun, we're doing it. We're killing it. We're a full media company. Hey, we're doing that, everything. We're starting a podcast next month that, called New Soul Old World. That, we're gonna kill it. It's gonna be great. Hey, hey, hey! We got some copyright issues yep. going on here. Um, on that note, guys, it was so amazing to have you here, the MC. Thank you so much for taking the time to bring Bars Over Bars Media to Old Soul Young World. Um, you know, there might be some things in the future, oh, yeah. uh, some events that we might collab on. Who knows? You guys stay tuned for that one. Um, but guys, make sure over the next couple weeks, as you're thinking about what Hero's doing in his life, apply to yours. What can you do better? What can you do to make that passion that you have in your mind that's intangible, something that's physical? How can you make it grow? Think about that and make sure that you tune in here with me again next week on Old Soul in the Young World with your host, Jesse Ellie.